welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. I'm David Haynes, and I'm joined by Thomas Majors. Thomas, our Ministry Marks Podcast episode theme is answering the call to ministry. Yeah, I think this is a topic that is very dear to our heart. Well, it should be dear to our heart because yeah. I think both of us would say that we have been called to ministry. We have answered that call and we are serving in ministry. But there could be some people, whether they're, they're hopefully they're listening, right, that are listening to this, who are trying to determine, trying to figure out their calling. And so what we're going to do today and what I would like for us to do is discuss maybe some biblical calls, the biblical idea of calls, uh, not not to a great depth, but uh, with some stories, some stories of some Old Testament people. I'm going to do Old Testament, and I know you're going to do some New Testament people who have called, and then just kind of talk about the call and see where that, that conversation goes. Uh, so first, I want to talk about this biblical idea of a call, and the question could be, is there evidence in Scripture where God calls a person to a particular task? And I would say yes. Uh, yes, there are times in Scripture where someone is called. Now, uh, one of the people that I want to talk about is Samuel. And really, that passage is 1 Samuel chapter 3. The Lord called Samuel. He called out to Samuel while he was laying in the bed, and he, he thought it was Eli. And so he gets up, and he goes into Eli's room, and he says, Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm here. What do you, you call for me? Eli's like, No, I didn't call for you. Go back to bed. He goes back to bed and he does the same thing again another time. So three times altogether, uh, Samuel is lying in bed and he's hearing these words and he thinks it's Eli. And then the last time Eli says, Eli discerns that Samuel is hearing a call of God and tells him to go back. And when you hear it, say, look, speak, Lord, for your servant hears or your servant listens uh, and so that's exactly what he does, and the Lord begins to speak to him. So even even before that event, a, a person can see how God's hand was on Samuel. Now, we know that God was talking to him there, but even before that, his mother was Hannah. She couldn't conceive. He was conceived in a remarkable way. Hannah then dedicated him to the Lord. And, and so that's a call of ministry that we see in the life of Samuel. But thinking about that call, I would say that there could be some things that are happening similar in a person's life. And what I mean by that, they, they may be thinking they're hearing a call or are not sure about that, and they really don't understand. They need to discern that. And so Samuel is a good example of a person who heard a call, the call of God, but yet could not discern it completely and needed some help for a uh, for that person, for him to be able to understand that. The second person I just want to overview is Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter six, he was transported to the throne room of God. And what a scene unfolds before Isaiah. Seraphim, seraphim, these, these, as we would describe them, angels, these messengers of God are uh, attending to God around the throne. They have six wings, two with which they flew, two to cover their face, and two to cover their feet. And the glory of God filled the entire throne, the throne room. 
And in that moment, Isaiah looks around. He says, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm in trouble. He says, I, basically what he's saying, he's saying, I'm sinful. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm around people who are sinful. I am from people who are sinful. I am undone. I am in big trouble as he is seeing everything that is happening because God is holy. And God uses one of the seraphim to take one of those burning coals with tongs, touches it to his lips, and in that way purifies him. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell you what this reminds me of. I am not worthy. Mm-hmm. Isaiah wasn't worthy to stand where he was. God made him worthy by yeah. what he did. And God has made me worthy of the calling by what he did as well by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for me, but also by calling me into the ministry, he he is equipping me to do so. And Isaiah reminds me of that. Well, the last person I would want to talk about is Jeremiah. And again, this is just brief overviews of, of some of these people. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 is a passage that we probably all know. God revealed to him that even before he formed him in the womb, he had called him to be a prophet to the nations. He was called of God at an early age. And what else? He was called to do some tough things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His ministry was, <laughs> is it is it Jeremiah like 1-6? I mean, it's immediately after that. He's like, listen, I, I'm calling you and you're going to tear down. You're going to destroy. You're going to, yeah. man, what a tough ministry yeah. that would be. And it just reminds me of two things when, when I look at Jeremiah and how he was called and the calling that God placed on his life. Age doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Age doesn't matter in a calling. There have been people who have been successful businessmen and workers, successful in life, and God has called them to the ministry later in life. Yeah, I don't know him personally. I don't know him personally, but the person that I thought about when I was when I was thinking through this was a few years ago. We had a president of the Mississippi Baptist Convention who kind of gave his testimony. I think he I think it was Gary Richardson. Mm-hmm. And I think he used to be the pastor. It was at North Oxford, North Oxford. North Oxford Baptist Church. And he he was a businessman at and he was a member at Broadmoor Baptist Church when yeah. Jim Futrell was the pastor there and was called to the ministry during that time. Successful, successful business. Doesn't matter how old a person is, they can be called. And the reverse of that is true as well. Mm -hmm. They can be young. Yeah. God had called Jeremiah at an early age. And you know who I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of? Yeah. I'm thinking of Ronald Meeks, 13 years old, was his, his mama drove him to the revival <laughs> meetings that he preached at. And that may be folklore. I don't know. I've never asked Dr. Mix about that. But but 13 years old, called to the ministry, yeah. and has been serving faithfully since. And so, so age is not an issue to the calling. And also, I find some strength in Jeremiah's call as well, because... He was called to do some tough things. Not everyone is going to have a great growing ministry. Yeah. Uh, some people are called to two tough places and to do tough things. 
and we have a mutual friend. And this mutual friend, I've heard him say on numerous occasions, you know, maybe my ministry is one more of just like a transitional ministry. He, he yeah. says that he goes to hurting churches and he stays there. And, and usually by the time he leaves, it's a better church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a better church when he leaves than when he came because he, he's been called to those tough ministries yeah. and he's, he's working through some of those issues. We, we can't all go to mm-hmm. Trinity Baptist Church mm-hmm. where they were they were on fire when you got there and on fire now. You know, we just we just can't all do that. Uh, and so some people are called to tough, tough ministries. That's my three guys. And uh, so who are your three guys from the New Testament? Okay, three three New Testament snapshots of being or responding to a call to ministry. Number one is Paul on the Damascus Road. And, and this is really instrumental in my life. And I'll bring that up a little bit later on. But that Acts 9 passage, whenever yeah. we see Paul, uh, we see Saul, excuse me, on yeah. the road <laughs> to Damascus. He <laughs> is headed to persecute. He's headed to harm. He is headed to throw people in prison. He is trying trying to destroy the early work of Christianity. And on that road to Damascus, man, the Lord stops him. Great light from heaven. He speaks to him. Go to this place. You'll be told what to do. Saul, later known as Paul, follows. But the one thing I see from that call is it was unmistakable. He came to a point in his life where there was no doubting it was an unmistakable call and it was a changing call. You can put a, a your finger on a point when Saul's life changed. And Thomas, I believe both of us can identify a point in our lives where, where there was an unmistakable call and then and, and that call was changing. You are here. I want you to be there. Mm, and God yeah. moved in our lives. So that's what I see from Paul and the Damascus Road. Number two, I think about Timothy. I think about Timothy's life. In 1 Timothy 1.18, Paul mentioned certain prophecies previously made concerning Timothy. Now, I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, others may know exactly what that means, but I do not. But it appears that others knew that Timothy was called and they were able to prophesy concerning that call to ministry that Timothy that Timothy had. Um, I believe I saw it in my life, and I'm going to mention that in a moment, and you probably do too. And there are other guys that may be listening to this saying, well, you know what? I, I think it may be called to the ministry, and there might be someone in your life that has not prophesied, but has mentioned, you know what? I think God may be calling you to the ministry. I think that may be similar to what happened in the life of Timothy. Timothy was called to that fight. Once again, ministry is not always lollipops and unicorns. (laughs) There is difficulties, and he is called to fight that good fight and to be engaged in this spiritual warfare, you might could say, of the ministry. The third snapshot from from the New Testament I'd like for us to highlight is Paul with a Macedonian call. In Acts 16, verses 6 through 9, Paul is ministering, he is serving, and he wants to go to, it's kind of a list of places here. The Spirit says no, and the Spirit says no, and the Spirit says no. The last place that he mentions before the Spirit says yes to Macedonia is a place by the name of Bithynia. I never realized this until recently I started preaching through the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter is writing to the people of Bithynia. In multiple commentaries on 1 Peter, they say that's why Paul was told no. 
Peter was there. Peter was serving. Peter was ministering. Mm. And so there was no need for Paul to go. And so no, no, no. And then come to Macedonia. And the Spirit said, yes. I think that's what God does in our lives. Lord, Lord, I'd love to. No. Lord, I, no. And then, yes. And so we see an individual call where God said no. After he's called him to the ministry, he said no to that specific ministry. And then yes to this specific ministry. Yeah, I know. And we're going to discuss some of that as it gets later in the podcast, how God calls and the facets of a call and yeah. and how not necessarily that it changes, but it does change. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, yeah, the call of God is without, uh, oh, how does that passage go? I'm trying to quote it's it. It's irrevocable. The, irrevocable. Yeah, that's right. Amen. And so, but, but the call does change it to does. a certain extent, extent, mm-hmm. extent. Yeah. Yeah. I extent. said that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Let's talk about personal call. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm going to begin with myself. I was called to salvation mm-hmm. when I was seven years old. I was at Temple Grove Baptist Church in Nettleton. Ron Harrison was the pastor there. And I know I was called to salvation. I, I trusted Christ as my Savior then. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't always uh, follow through. How, how can I put that? I, I lived a a rebellious life for many years. And then God began calling me into the ministry. And that's part of my call. Mm -hmm. I really believe that I was being called to the ministry probably around the age of 12 or 13. And, and I just got to this point where I, I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I I felt like he was calling. I can remember this part part, uh, specifically where, where I said, no, God, I I don't want to do that. And really that's where I can see, the fork in the road, and I took a well-weathered path to yeah. quote from a, a poet, <laughs> you know. And so yeah. I took that well-weathered path, and and it and it was the wrong path for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this isn't a part of my testimony. Uh, you know, this podcast isn't about my testimony. But I uh, started using drugs, started drinking, just just ran as far away from God as I possibly could um, along the way. I went to uh, drug rehab and it wasn't long till God began to restore that call in my life. And, and I really felt like God was calling me into the ministry. So around 2005, I surrendered to the ministry, went to my pastor at the time, Keith Dowden at First Baptist Nettleton and, and told him what God was doing. He came and met with me and, and walked with me for a while. The church, First Baptist Nettleton licensed me in 2005 and later would ordain me to the ministry. But that's just a little bit of my calling. And and I'm sure we're going to go into a little more detail a little bit later. What about you? What about your calling? All right. So my my testimony, once again, it starts with salvation. February the 6th, 1997 is whenever I was saved. The only reason why I remember the exact date is in the receiving line at Willow Grove Baptist Church as I made my profession of faith. Uh, Jewel Holly, a lady who is now with the Lord, she walked down and I remember her telling me, write that date in your Bible because one day you may want to remember it. And so I wrote down February the 6th, 1997. I encourage everyone who places faith in the Lord that I'm there whenever they place faith in the Lord, call for the name of the Lord to write down that date because 
because you may want to know it. So I was saved in February of 97. Later in July of 97, so I was 17 years old. We were on a mission trip up in East Tennessee, Crossville, Tennessee, to be exact. We were remodeling a, a church up there. doing The guys were doing deconstruction, and the ladies were doing backyard Bible clubs. And during those worship services, as just a teenager, I remember sensing God was calling me to the ministry. I remember it but I was about to go into my senior year. Now, I've never been a guy, I've never done drugs, I've never drank. I I wasn't living a wild lifestyle. I wasn't saying I want to be, I want to continue doing these bad things. I just didn't want to do the right thing. I didn't want to do what God was calling me to do, I guess because I was scared, I guess because I felt inadequate. And so I kind of pocketed that. I really didn't tell anybody. Well, I was a senior in high school. April and I, we were dating. We're now married, been married a little over 21 years. And I came home from a, from a date one night. And my mom and dad trusted me way too much. They'd just go to bed and go to sleep. And, and I'd come in and wake them up. Hey, guys, I'm home. And I'm I'm 35 minutes before my curfew because I'm a good child. And I'd come <laughs> in and we'd shine on my halo for a little bit, polish it up. And then I'd go on to bed. But, but, but one night I, I came in and as I, as I was going down the road right from my parents house and noticed the living room lamp was on and i said "Uh uh-oh i pulled in the drive and my mind is going through things and i thought to myself not what have i done it's (laughs) what have my parents found out that i've done they're waiting up on me so i go in and dad dad's asleep dad back here in the bedroom mom's in the living room mom said david lord wouldn't let me sleep tonight until i ask you something i thought okay what is it she said what are you going to do with your life at that time, I was uh, working on cars, putting in windshields, uh, Morgan's Auto Glass, Auto One Glass right here in Corinth, Mississippi. And I said, I'm going to keep on working on cars. And one of these days, I'm going to own a business and I want to work on cars for the rest of my life. And she said, you sure about that? Yes, ma'am. Sure as I am. as I'm standing here. She said, okay. She said, well, the Lord wouldn't let me sleep until I ask you that. Well, I'm going to go into bed now. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, you told on me. You've done told my mama that you've called me to the ministry, but I still didn't commit. Before April and I got married, we just briefly discussed it. April, if I wind up being a preacher man, you down with that? And she said, yeah, I'm down with that. And um, put it on the back burner. Um, our daughter was born. Went through some trauma. My wife went through a lot of trauma, was in the hospital for a month. Our daughter was born three pounds, two ounces. She was eight weeks early. Uh, daughter was in ICU. Wife was in ICU after having seizures. A lot of a lot of stuff. I got away from the Lord. Whenever I did not commit to him, I began to get away. My getting away was not reading the Bible the way I should, not praying the way I should. That was That was my rebellion. That was it. But it was just as bad as anything anybody else has ever done. And Whenever I began to renew my relationship with the Lord, our daughter was just days old, reading the Bible and praying. There was that same call. Mm. I was, I was, it was in October of 2000. <clears throat> I was at the office putting, I was putting in windshields. We had a light day. Boss was out on the golf course golfing. I was just getting work lined up for the next day. And I was reading through Acts 9 when I got to the point, Saul on that Damascus Road, the Lord might as well have been sitting next to me in that auto glass shop. And he said, David, it, it's, it, it's, it's now or never. Uh, the Lord basically said, I, I'm through playing. We've been having fun and games, <laughs> but I'm tired of this game. It's now or never. And I said, okay, Lord, um, then it's now. And I picked up the phone and I called my wife and I said, April, God has called me to the ministry. And I'll never forget what she said. She is a spiritual lady 
but she was not on that day. And she said, we're going to starve to death. And I said, no, no, no. If you can look at me now, I'm bigger than I've ever been. So we ain't been starving one bit. But she said, we're going to starve to death. I then went to my pastor and I went to my parents, went to April's parents. And so, so that was kind of, that's kind of my testimony of a, of a call to the ministry. It was rooted in God's call and it was renewed through reading his word. Okay. So let me follow up. You, you had said that your mom stayed up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've had some experiences like that as well. Now, we've talked kind of about the call. How did, how did you know? How did, how, did you really, how did you really know? Was it a feeling? Did you, did, you, yeah. did you lie in bed and you heard somebody and you walked in there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Eli, what's up? <laughs> it, it, it was an inner desire is the best. I can okay. inner desire for ministry. And Thomas is, is that, man, I used to stutter so bad. I hate getting up in front of people. I was a poor student. It was all I could do to pass did you talk grade English. No, I did not talk. What? No, <laughs> it was horrible. People who knew me then can't believe me now. People believe me. People who know me now think I'm lying about back then. <laughs> God has done a transformational work in my life. And, and there was an inner desire for something I should have never desired. Nothing in me should have desired ministry, yet it was my only desire, if that makes sense. I, 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 that does make sense. So for me, I can remember vividly, yeah. okay, being, being strung out two or three days and and being over at like somebody's house and 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 as a joke they would call me the preacher because uh-huh. they would say something from the Bible and I'd say well that's not really how that goes you know and I would say I would say and they would just listen to the preacher over there you know and they would kind of jokingly say that and I can remember like laying in bed at night being strung out you know uh-huh. drugs for a long period of time and being laying in bed. And the recurring dreams would be uh, daydreams, you know, trying to get to sleep. Our dreams would be of me yeah. preaching, yeah. standing up and and speaking and then waking up and just being like in sweats over it, you know. Yeah. And and so God, I mean, it sounds like visions, you know, or something like, but that's that's not that's really what Lord, I'm trying. I, yeah. It was a it was something with inside me letting me know that that something wasn't right, that yeah. I, there was something else that I was, I was being called to. Now, also you said that your, your mom uh-huh. spoke to you. Did you have anyone else? Did you have anyone else kind of mention some things to you along the way? Yeah. The, the one thing I remember is we were, April and I were like junior, senior, seniors in high school, seniors in high school. And it was offered, uh, if you would dress up for career day, you would get an extra 100. I needed every extra credit I could get. So April put on this dress and she dressed up. I put on a, a, a shirt and tie and we went to school for career day, dressed up fancy. We were already engaged. Our wedding date was on the counter. We were going to be getting married as soon as we graduated high school. And that day, there were multiple people who said, oh, look, if it's not the preacher and the preacher's wife, same thing. We laughed it off. <laughs> That'll never happen. And uh, but yeah, so so just little little things like that that are in my memory. Those two, for instances. Yeah, for, for me. And there, there was one day in particular, I I was working maintenance at the time and and I'd had a pretty rough day or two with doing drugs the day before, a few days before. And I was at my house 
I'd skip, I'd skip work. I mean, I was just down in the dumps and I was, I was doing drugs at my house, honestly. And, and my grandmother knocked on the door. And when I opened the door, she was crying and she looked at me and all she, this is what she said. She said, when are you going to stop running from God? Uh huh. Yeah. And then she turned around and walked off. <laughs> and walked off. The Lord done told on you. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to stop running from God? That's that's what she said. And when I was just, she just walked off and I, I shut the door and I went back in my living room and I thought, how dare she say that to me? Mm-hmm. And I was just so mad. And then I got so upset. I mean, I was and I started crying mm-hmm. and then I was doing drugs and crying and I was thinking, well, you know, all of it. And, but that was, that was part of what God was doing in my life. Cause it, within a day or two of that mm-hmm. is when I checked myself into drug rehab mm-hmm. and, and yeah. eventually, well, here I am today because yeah. of those events that were happening at that time, that was all God working yeah. in my life. How many years ago has that been Thomas? 15 years ago? Yeah. Uh, 14, 05. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be 04, 05. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's got to be 04, around the time Tom Tom was born. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Tom Tom will be 15 in just a couple of uh, couple of weeks. So. Okay. So, right around 15 years. Yeah. 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 I got you. All right, Thomas. Now let's talk about some ideas of what other people say about sensing a call to ministry. Uh, Let me share one with you. J.B. Gambrell, who, in my opinion, is Mr. Mississippi Baptist. I agree with that. He is Mr. Mississippi. Mr. Mississippi Baptist. (laughs) J.B. Gambrell, uh, he he died in 1921. A lot of what we're going to be sharing is what I'm going to be sharing is from the 1800s, but he died in 1921. Uh, He was a Mississippi guy. Uh, he He has ties to what? A Pleasant Ridge Baptist Church right, right off of Highway 30. Saved right at Cherry Creek, I believe, yeah. in Pontotoc County. Yeah, pastored FBC Oxford. Uh, he was editor of the Baptist Record, Mississippi's uh, Baptist Record. He was a four-time SBC president. And this is what he said. This was so interesting. I find this so interesting. In, in, in writing about his call to the ministry, he said the first time he felt called to the ministry was in a church service. And he said there was a preacher, quote, making an awful mess of a sermon. And Gambrel said that he had, quote, a desire and an impulse to get up and tell people what the text really did mean. Basically, he listened to a poor preacher and said, I can do it better. I can do it better. I can do better than that. If that's what preaching is, I can do that. I got this. Let yeah, me up there. Let me at it. And he became the Mr. Mr. Mississippi Baptist. Okay. I, I know I've heard Dr. Meeks say this, and I've yeah. heard other people say it. I don't know if it's original with Dr. Meeks or uh-huh. who, but you know, he always said, there's, there's two things that make me want to preach. <laughs> Good preaching, good preaching, and bad preaching. <laughs> so with J.B. Gambrell, it was bad it was preaching. Bad preaching. I was That's called right. to the ministry because of bad preaching. That's kind of like Charles Spurgeon saying he was called to salvation because of bad preaching. Bad preaching. I didn't know that. No, that was so funny, man. He said it was a deacon that got up and uh, kept saying the same thing, stumbling over his words. Look unto the Lord. All, look unto the Lord, all ye earth, and be be ye saved or something like that from Isaiah. And he says, said it like 15 times during the sermon, kept repeating himself. So yeah. 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 All right. So 
Now you you gave JB Gambrel. Mm-hmm. I want to back up just a moment, okay? Mm-hmm. I want to back up just a moment and talk about maybe maybe the different kinds of calls. Mm-hmm. So, and you've already alluded to it, uh-huh. especially in the life of Paul. Mm-hmm. But, but just quickly, could you what what kind of calls are there? I think there are calls to preaching ministry, calls to preaching ministry. Okay. I think there are calls to ministry support. However you want, if you want to call that executive, if you want to call that associate, I think there are men, I think think there are men who are called to not preaching ministry, but doing the work of the ministry. Uh, What are Dickens do? Maybe that, maybe that's part of that call. I think there are calls to missions. I think there are calls to church planting. I put in my life, I am called to the pastorate. I am called to the preaching ministry. I look at, I was, I served as a youth pastor for almost four years at a church in Oakland County. I never felt myself being called to the youth ministry. I took that position and felt that that was a calling for me to learn, a call to learn ministry. I never felt called to the youth ministry. I think you can feel that. I never felt it. I put the pastoral call as number three on my, on my, on my ring. I put number one call is called to missions call to missions, call to foreign missions. That's number one. I hold them in the utmost respect. Their call is higher than mine. Number two, I call, I think is a call to local church planting. I, I I hold those guys in such esteem and respect. And and I've never been called either of those. April and I systematically pay, pray through being called to, to missions and being called to church planting. And God has always answered no. I hope that if he ever said yes, we would go. He has never said yes. And then I look at the call to the pastoral ministry is, is kind of where I look at me. I hold those guys in much more esteem than I. Thomas, fill this in some more. What are, what are your thoughts? Okay, so so automatically when I think <laughs> about calls, I, I, would, I would almost group most of what you have said there in, in what I would describe as the call to, um, to ministry or to the ministry, mm-hmm. or to a call to vocational ministry. And so, so when I think about that, I think, I think there are different calls, and I've, and I've mentioned that, you know, we're all, you and I have been called to salvation. Yeah, yeah. And so we, we would say that's a yeah, call. That's a call. That's a call, yeah. Every Christian then is called to ministry. <laughs> Minister. Yeah. <laughs> and, but... Then some are called to the ministry. Yeah. And then some are called to vocational uh-huh. ministry. So that I, I would put that would be missionary. Uh-huh. That would be pastor, associate pastor, music, mm-hmm. whatever it may yeah. be. Yeah. And then then Lastly, I would say that there is the call to a specific mm-hmm. place of service. Mm-hmm. And if I was going to talk about the facets of a call, that's probably, you know, that's how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. And, and we can see that in, in our lives. I was called to salvation. Because of that, mm-hmm. I was called to ministry. Yeah. I already automatically have a ministry yeah. because I'm supposed to love others. I'm supposed to. Uh, make disciples. 
but also there's the call to the ministry. And that's, that's really what we've been talking about recently uh, through this podcast. But there is also the call to vocational. I served as an, as a youth pastor and I've served as a pastor now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I've been called, I've been called to Tiplersville Baptist church. Mm -hmm. I was called from there to Pleasant Ridge Baptist church. I was called from there to Holly Baptist Church. Yeah. And so those are more specific calls. And I'm sure that you, you have those calls as well. Yeah. Now, wh- what do you think about now? My, what I've said there mm-hmm. is not original to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that is not original to me. That's Jeff, Jeff Orge. Yeah. Uh, some of that is from Jeff Orge. Some of that is from other, other sources. Yeah. And I've just kind of compiled it. But what do, you, what do you think about that? I think that is really good. And I do think that the Lord allows that calling, as you mentioned earlier, the calls to kind of change. I, I remember the first church I was called to be their pastor, Little Creek Baptist Church. I was called there. And then as as time moved on, five years, three months later, I was called somewhere else. Just like you, but I agree with every bit of what you're saying. So, so people give you advice. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I had people give me advice. Some of it was really good. Yeah. And some of it was really bad. <laughs> and, and there's one, you uh-huh. know where I'm going with this I sure already. I, yeah. There's one of them. Anytime I hear it, it yeah. just, it, I just don't like it. And I, I feel the same way that you feel. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and I, I love the people who say it yeah. and they are well-intentioned, but, but I don't agree <clears throat> with it. <clears throat> and, and here it is. It's, and, and you may help me with this, yeah. the, the exact wording of it is how do you know you're called to the ministry? Well, if you can do anything, if you can do anything else and be happy, or if mm-hmm. you can do anything else, then you should do that mm-hmm. instead of being in the ministry. Yes. I disagree with that so much. I do too. I hate that. Yeah. I, I absolutely, it bothers me yeah. to know it. Yeah. I think I know what they're really trying to say, uh-huh. but they, and and all of this is from, what's the dude's name? Uh, Chriswell. Was oh, it Chriswell? Okay. And the, I, I heard it from Charles Stanley, tribute to Charles Stanley, but very well maybe Chriswell though. I think it was yeah. Chriswell. I think it was Chriswell who said, yeah. you know, somebody had came into his office wanting to know, and this was his advice. And I mean, it just went from one book yeah. to another, yeah. to one preacher to another. Yeah. But I disagree with that. And yes. I want to tell you why. Because I can be happy doing a lot of different things. Absolutely. I can be happy. I can be happy doing something else. Yeah. I'm happy pastoring. Yeah. But I can be just as happy as a youth minister. I can be just as happy as an associate pastor. Yeah. I could be happy as an apiarist. Yeah, that's you know, right. You know what that is? I do know that. And I, I honey, honey, honey. <laughs> I could be Ball happy as bees. a beekeeper yeah. being stung every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could. I could be happy as an electrician. I could be happy doing a bunch of different yes. things yes. but i have a compulsion mm-hmm. i have a compulsion i am constrained yeah by the calling that god has placed on my life yeah. could i do something else and be happy yeah mm-hmm. i have the joy of the lord in my heart absolutely I can, I, yeah Paul can be happy in prison. I can be happy being an electrician. <laughs> yeah, I mean, surely you could. Yeah. Surely I could do yeah, that. I yeah. can be happy being an air conditioning guy. Yeah. But yeah. there is compulsion. There is this inward, deep desire yes. to be serving in ministry. Yeah. And and I really like what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. And I want to read mm-hmm. this. And 
Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 and 17, he says, For if I preach the gospel, I have no reason to boast because I am compelled. Yeah. I am compelled to preach. And woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. Mm -hmm. But if unwillingly, mm -hmm. I am entrusted with a commission. Yeah. And so he he talks about I am compelled to do yeah. so. This compulsion, this this deep, irresistible urge to do so. Yeah. I think that's better than saying if you can be yeah. happy. I wonder how many people have heard that mm -hmm. and and have not joined the ministry at some point or mm -hmm. or done something because they heard that and they yeah. thought well, I'm pretty happy doing what I'm doing now. Then mm, I'll just I guess keep I'll, doing this. I'll just yeah. keep doing this. And that, there was a, a previous associate pastor of worship that I served with there at Trinity Baptist. Um, whenever he retired from from our church, like he was about 67 years old, but he had only had 20 or 22 years in full time ministry because of that very thing. And he attributed it to Charles Stanley. He heard Charles Stanley say, "If you could be happy in anything else, then then do whatever else it is." And and I I could say that man was so gifted he could have spent. 40 or 45 years in the ministry, but he only had 20 or 25 because of doing other things, not wanting to get into the ministry prematurely. But the end result is he wasted time. And there were years that he could never get back for the ministry. I would like to challenge any pastor who would say that, and there are pastors who would say that. Would you ever say this? Someone comes to you and says, you know what? I think I think I need to be saved. Well, why don't you try all of the other world religions? And if you find peace in another world religion, just follow that teaching. We would never, no, we ever would never do, do that. that. We'd say, be saved today. So someone comes to us and says, I think God's called me to the ministry. Surrender today. If you'll take my advice, surrender today. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's God's calling on somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not a calling on my life, and so do I have to investigate that? Well, yeah. that that's the ordination council does yeah. that, you know, yeah. and investigates that. But in that moment, if somebody comes to me and sits in my office, and I've had this happen, mm -hmm. uh, some people have come and said, "I think God is calling me to the ministry." I talk to them about it, I pray with them about it, yeah. and I usually give them a book, mm -hmm. and it's the book I've already referenced by Jeff Orge. Uh, is God calling me? And that's that's what I suggest to them. I ask them to read that, and mm -hmm. we meet and pray and talk about it, yeah. and just work. We I want to be a person who walks beside them, encouraging them, and uh, and not one who is trying to yeah. get them not to pray. I want everybody yeah. that. Everybody's I want everybody to, to join the team yeah. and start preaching. We need a, <laughs> we need preachers. Yeah. Hey, the, yeah. The field is white. That's what right. we need are harvesters. We, that's it, I man. mean, we need people out people there working. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to kind of follow up on that, um, Adrian Rogers said this in the book, The Sacred Trust. He talked about answering the call to ministry. And he said it came shortly after he was experiencing a deep time of, of salvation inspection. He said he didn't know if he was saved or not. And he said he was really praying about that and got it nailed down. And he said as soon as he was assured of his salvation, he began to pray about God's will. He said as soon as he started praying about God's will, ding, 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 it was a call to the ministry. If people will truly seek out God's will, a lot of times his will is the ministry. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. 
where we've discussed a lot of different facets of the call to ministry. And so I hope we've answered some of your questions. That's a wrap. Join us again later on the Ministry Marks podcast.